verses 1, 2, and 3. We won't cover the whole chapter tonight. I would encourage you to read this chapter should you have time this week. It's a good chapter and a good story, and we're not really so much tonight looking at the whole context of exactly what went on in this story, but, but really just kind of focusing on one, one area right here at the beginning of this passage, but I would encourage you to read the whole passage this week if you can. John chapter 9, verse 1. As he, that is Jesus, was passing by, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples questioned him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, Jesus answered. This came about so that God's work might be displayed in him. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you and we thank you for a good night. We thank you that we can come in here and, and have heat, dear Lord, on this cold night. And we thank you for your word. I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak through me to each one of us tonight, God, that you would hide me behind the cross and help me to effectively preach and teach your word in a way that brings glory to you. God, you are good. We don't always understand it. We don't always see how bad things that happen in our life can be good, dear Lord, but we must know that you can use the worst of situations to work, to work your miracles, dear Lord, to bring about your glory so that your might and power can be displayed, even in the tough times. Help us to see that tonight. In Jesus' name I pray it. Amen. Jesus encountered many sick people throughout his ministry, sick people in a variety of different ways, and this man here was blind. And his disciples asked really a simple question, why is this man blind? Now, they had made the assumption that it was because of a particular sin that he had done or his parents had done. Now, this is kind of a head-scratcher because it says that the man was born blind. Now, perhaps the disciples didn't know this. Maybe this was written by John at some later point. Maybe he discovered that he was born blind. Maybe when the disciples asked this question, had he sinned and that caused his blindness, maybe they weren't aware of the fact that he was born blind. Or maybe they had other thoughts. I'm not sure. But that may cause us to scratch our head a little bit. Did this man sin or did his parents sin? That is, is, is the situation that he's in a result, a direct result of some sin that has been committed. That was the assumption. Which one was it, him or his parents? And Jesus said neither. His, his, his difficult time, his blindness that he's going through is not a result of any particular sin, but this bad thing has occurred so that God's works may be displayed, so that God's glory may be displayed through the bad thing that has occurred to this man. Now this is kind of a tough thing for us perhaps to wrap our head around. We, we read about God and we see that God is good and hopefully we believe that God is good but yet there's, there's difficulty with that because we have to reconcile that God is good with the fact that the world is full of all kind of sickness and disease and evil. The world is full of righteous people who appear to suffer, and the world is full of evil people who appear to get away with everything. And so how do we reconcile the fact that God is a good God, but yet bad things still happen to good people? Well, that's a tough question for us to answer. The disciples, in some way, maybe were asking this question, why did this bad thing happen to this man? And perhaps that's the most asked question that there has ever been. 
why? Now, you guys have probably asked that question a lot in your life. Why did this have to happen? Why did that have to happen? Why does this occur this way? We always ask these why questions, and the problem with why questions is that they typically don't come with an answer that suits us. We can ask why about a lot of things, but many times we just we aren't satisfied with perhaps an answer that we receive. But Jesus gives the best, best answer that can be given here. Why do bad things happen? For the glory of God. Now, God is a master of taking what is bad and making it into good. God has been doing it from the beginning. And I think that God had to do it this way because I don't believe that God could have done it any other way. Now, some folks may be so bold, we may sometimes think, well, if I was God, I would do things different. Why doesn't God just heal all the sick? Why doesn't God just end all of the war? Why doesn't God punish all of the evil people? If I were God, this is how I would do it. And, and sometimes we may be so bold as to think that we could come up with something better than what God has come up with. I mean, after all, what God has come up with is a plan that in the middle of God's plan between creation and restoration, there's a lot of evil that takes place. But I don't think that there's any other way that God could have done it. Now, I come to this conclusion, of course, because God is God. He knows far more than myself. But just out of curiosity, and perhaps you guys have, have thought on such subjects as well, is there any other way that God possibly could have accomplished all the things that God desired to accomplish? Is there anything that God could have done to make things better than they are now? And he still be God in the process. And I think the answer to that is no. Now, God could have simply been God by himself for all of eternity. God has been for all of eternity past, and he will be for all of eternity future. God could have chosen to simply have been God by himself. But then again, one of the greatest qualities we see about God in Scripture, if not the greatest quality, is that God is love. Now, I believe love is the motivation for everything that God does. God could have just been by himself, but I believe because God is love, love requires us to act. Love requires us to act in some way. Love must be shared. When you love somebody, you desire to share that love with them. You desire to show people. You desire to be in relationship with people. Now, God was by himself. He could have remained God by himself, but I believe that God's love is probably what drove him to begin to do the things that he did. God, of course, is the greatest example of love that we could ever see, that we could ever experience. God desired to be with other people, and, and we get that. We get that. If you go a long time without seeing other people, you get lonely. You go visit anybody who perhaps is older, whose children have moved out of the house, and perhaps their spouse has passed on, and it is not uncommon for me to hear these words. It gets really lonely in this house. We have a desire to be around people. Now, I'm not suggesting that God was lonely. I don't know that God is capable of being lonely. But I do believe that God is love. And I do believe that part of love is the desire to share a relationship with others. 
So God decided to make creation. After all, he's God. He could do whatever he wanted to do, and he created a great creation, the Garden of Eden. And, and there in the midst of that garden, he placed humanity, someone that he could love, someone who could love him, someone that he could, he could share all the, 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 the greatness of his power and the beauty that he had created, that he could provide for them and sustain them, and he could be their God, and they could be his people and all was looking well until the point that Satan came into the picture and tempted Adam and Eve. Now some would say, okay, if I was God, perhaps I would create other people too. Perhaps I would make other beings. But, but I would never allow them to be tempted, especially if I knew that that temptation was going to lead to sin and evil that was going to go all throughout the, worst, uh, the world. I would never allow creation to be tempted. I would keep them free of temptation and sin. Well, that all sounds well and good for us as we sit and think. But is that really a possibility? After all, can a loving God force people to love him? Now, you would be so bold as to think, well, who would ever reject God? Who would ever, who would ever want to abandon God in his goodness and his provision? Well, the answer to that is Adam and Eve. There's one easy answer to that. And we could say, well, God could have forced them to stay there, and indeed, he could have forced them to stay there. But then again, that's not very loving, is it? To force someone to stay, to not give someone a choice. After all, even if people were with God for thousands of years, it's very possible and likely that they would have said, we don't want to be here. You, you've never given us an option. What if we don't want to worship you and praise you? Now, I believe God had to have given us a choice, Adam and Eve a choice, and us a choice. I believe love has to give a choice. I don't believe love can force anyone to do anything. Now, I can tell you guys tonight, look, when I get through preaching, we are going to stay in this sanctuary for all of eternity, and it will only be good in here. I have an eternity's worth of food and supplies it will be safe in here. There will be no trouble in here. There will be no sin in here. And I will take care of you. And how many of you would sign up for that? You would say, I'm not staying here. I'm, I'm going where I want to go. Well, why? Why would you want to leave if there's a place of security? Why would you want a choice? But yet, we want a choice. And I believe that God had to give a choice. Because if God would have created a people and a heaven for those people... Those people would have been there because God forced them to be there. And that doesn't really sound like a good place. You would always have those who would say, I don't want to be here. I believe that God probably had to give the choice. I don't think there was any other way than for God to give us a choice. And so as we begin to think about and look at all the things that God has done we begin to, to see, well, maybe there wasn't a better way than what God established. Maybe there wasn't a better way than to create humanity. He did it out of love and to give them a choice to worship him. Now, of course, God knew all the bad that was going to occur. He knew that evil was going to occur. Yet why would God allow such things to continue on? Well, the only solution that I can possibly come up with is that God is love, and that seems kind of counterintuitive. But ultimately, God's desire was that all people would be saved. 
was that all people would be spared, is that all people would come before him, is that all people would be there because they desired to be there in God's presence. And I don't know that there's any other way. I think that there probably is not. After all, God is perfect. Had there been a better way to do this than what God had chosen, then I'm quite sure God would have done it. And so God put this plan into place, and knowing that that sin was going to occur, God said, okay, even I will provide a solution for that sin in my Son, Jesus Christ. And so from creation to this point, from the time that sin entered the world, bad things have happened. And they continue to happen. They happen to you and they happen to me. And we sometimes say, God, why do you allow these things to happen? Well, the answer is what we see of Jesus here. So that the, so that the mighty works, the glory of God can be displayed. How in the world is the glory of God and the mightiness of God displayed in evil things? Well, sometimes God has to use evil things to bring about good things, and that's something that's probably harder for us to comprehend. It's easy for God because He's God. It's tough for us because we're human. We think good must end in good, but, but God is so great that even He can take evil and cause it to result in good. Perhaps the greatest example of this is the story of Joseph, Joseph in Genesis 37. Joseph's brothers, they hated him. They threw him in a pit. They sold him into slavery. After he was a slave for a while, eventually he was in prison. And of all he went through over years and years of suffering and being done wrong, he ended up as second in command in the land of Egypt. And when there was a famine in the land, Joseph was prepared for the famine. And who came to Egypt to get food? It was none other than Joseph's own brothers, Joseph's own family. Now, that's a great example of a story that stretched years and years and years of one bad thing after another bad thing after another bad thing. But in all of the bad things that God allowed to happen in Joseph's life, it was not that God had abandoned Joseph. It's that God was working through the evils that had been done to him. And had it not been for those evils, Joseph would not have been in Egypt. And Joseph would not have had access to all the food. And Joseph would not have been able to feed all of his people, all of the people of God who would become the mighty nation of Israel. Now that's a great example of someone who goes through years of suffering to accomplish God's will. Because ultimately what God desires is for as many souls as possible to be saved. And we don't, we look at the bad things that happen in our life and the lives of those around us, and we can't comprehend how in the world can God use this. But time and time again, he uses bad situations to accomplish his goals. Perhaps someone you know becomes very sick, and it's a hard thing for us when we see a family member or a friend become very sick. But how many times have you seen someone who has faith in the Lord who has been able to witness to the nurses and the doctors that come and take care of them and there have been souls that have been won from someone who was in the hospital who died of a sickness. And you can find story after story after story of bad things that happen. Sometimes people commit crimes. Sometimes people are guilty of crimes and they go into prison because they are guilty of those crimes. But even in the, even in the crimes that they have committed, 
There are many people who have heard the gospel of Jesus Christ in prison that may not have heard it anywhere else. Sometimes there are even good people who go to prison. People who go to prison for doing good things. How in the world could God use, use his people who are doing his work, who are being in prison for sharing the gospel, how in the world could a good God do such things? Because sometimes even when good people have to suffer, God can use those people to reach even those who have them imprisoned. I don't know if any of you have ever heard of Richard Wormbrand. You can research him. He was a pastor. I can't recall where he was from, but he was in prison for years, beaten and beaten and beaten and tortured and beaten and would always pray every day. And every day they, they, when they saw him praying, they would take him out and they would beat him more. And one day one of the guards come in and the guard said, why are you still praying? Who are you praying for? Your wife's gone. Your children is gone. Everything you have is gone. Who are you praying for? And Richard, Richard Wormbrandt looked at the guard and he said, I was praying for you. Whoa, man, what a powerful example of what we should be like. But, but sometimes even when good men and women have to suffer and go through those things, even still sometimes perhaps the guard who's beating them, soul can be won to the Lord. And we say, wow, that's, that's pretty intense. It is pretty intense. But you see, if we were God, perhaps there would be a lot of souls that would never be won because if we were God, maybe we would never allow those bad things to occur. But praise the Lord, we are not God. Because truth of the matter is that perhaps some of the people who have come into your life and some of the things that you have gone through have been the result of something bad. That has taken place. Now this is one of the most difficult questions uh, to answer. This is one of the most difficult topics to discuss. The question and the problem of evil is why does God allow evil? And you will get lots of different opinions on the matter. But I have the opinion that I think God allows evil because there is nothing else that God could allow and still be God. Because God loves us, he desired to be with us. And so God created us. Because God loves us, he gave us choice, knowing full well that we would make the wrong choice. But because God loves us, he gave Jesus Christ to die on a cross so that we could be forgiven. And when the time comes, when all is said and done, and God's heaven is established, it will be a beautiful place. And the only people who will be there will be those who chose to be there. And I don't think God could have accomplished that any other way than by giving us the option to choose him or reject him. Praise the Lord, even though we reject him in sin, there is repentance through Jesus Christ. Now, I know that probably everybody in here has got things going on. We all come in here with troubles and trials. And some of them you've been going through for a week and some a month. And some of you have been going through trials for years. And you think, God, why don't you act? I don't know why God doesn't act, and I don't even dare try to figure out. But I know that God is good. And that's hard for us to hear. That's, that's hard to hear. When you are really in the midst of something very difficult, and the preacher's going to stand up here and tell you that God is still good, there is nothing more I can tell you than God works all things together for the good of those who love him. And in due time, through the good days and through the bad days, God will use it all 
to bring as many people as he can to his kingdom. Why was this man born blind? For the glory of God. Why do we go through our struggles and face the things we face? It's all for the glory of God. You know, we look back, probably all of us have stories that we could look back and we see things that happened in our life in the last few years. That at the time we think, man, this is bad. How could any good come out of this? I'll never get through this. And I bet you we could all probably come up with at least one situation in our life that was really bad and somehow something really good came from it. And that is the power of God. He lets us go through whatever he lets us go through to put us just in the right place at the right time to accomplish his will. And here you are tonight, sitting on this pew of Liberty Baptist Church. There's been a lot of things in your life that has happened to have gotten you to this point. Ten years ago, if I would have said, hey, in November uh, of, of 2022, you're going to be sitting on a church pew of Liberty Baptist Church. Some of you might have said, where's Liberty, Mississippi? You might have not even known this place existed. Some of you might have said, I'll never be in church. Some of you might have said, oh, I already have a church that I'm going to. I'm not going to be there. If you would have told me 10 years ago, hey, you'll, you'll, be, you'll be preaching at Liberty Baptist Church helping them out because they won't be a, have a pastor. I said, oh, no, they, they'll, they'll be all right. You see, we never know where we're going to be or why we're going to be there, but, but we're here tonight on this night because of things that has occurred in our life, because of situations that we have made. God brings us right here to this place right now. Perhaps there's something that God has wanted you to hear tonight. Maybe you've already heard it. Maybe you haven't heard it. And so with a group this size, I think, man, what's the most important thing? If God has brought you to, tonight to this place for this moment, what's the most important thing that I can tell you that you need to know? And maybe you don't know it, but I'm going to tell you tonight what I believe is the most important thing that you need to know tonight. And that is God loves you. Everything that, that, that God has allowed is not because he hates you. All the bad things that we go through are not because God hates you. It's because God loves you. God didn't force you to serve him. He gives you the option. God didn't, didn't let you fall in your sin just to abandon you. He gave you the chance of repentance and forgiveness through Jesus Christ because God loves you. And I think that's the greatest thing that every human being seeks and desires is to love and be loved. And sadly, you know, there are people in this world and they've never really felt love. They've never had family that loved them. They've never had friends that loved them. And they grow up to be an adult, perhaps some of you in this room tonight, and you've never felt love before. But I want to tell you tonight, the greatest thing that I think we can know about God is that he loves us. He loves you. And he sent Jesus Christ to die on a cross so that you and I could be forgiven. So that we wouldn't remain in our sin, but we could be with God for all of eternity. So if there's one truth we can remember from all of God's word tonight, it is this. Jesus loves me, this I know. For the Bible tells me so. Let's pray. Father God, we come to you tonight. And dear Lord, this is such a tough topic because we, we go through things, dear Lord, that are just horrible. And we know people that go through things that are just horrible and we... We have a hard time understanding, dear Lord, how you're going to use these things for good. And in fact, God, we cannot understand. And so, God, we, 
We just must trust in you with all of our heart and not rely on our own understanding. God, we must come to the truth that you do love us. And we must trust that fact. God, whatever we go through, it's for your glory so that your power may be put on display, dear Lord, so that your work may done, be done in our lives and in those around us. Dear Lord, I don't know everybody's path, how they got here. I don't know where they'll be tomorrow. But God, I know everything that happens in our life and in this world is because you have a, a greater plan, dear Lord, to accomplish your will. God, I pray for those who may be in the midst of a tough situation now that you just give them strength. God, maybe like Joseph, their, their time of difficulty is years. God, we hate to even think about such things. But God, let us hold strong. Let us, let us be faithful, dear Lord. And God, I pray that you just would work through us, dear Lord, that we wouldn't doubt you, but we would keep our faith in you. God, we thank you for loving us. There is no greater truth that we see in Scripture. No greater love than Jesus giving his life for his friends, dear Lord. We thank you for that. I thank you for this church. I pray that you bless them. I pray that you be with them, dear Lord. I pray that you send them a good pastor at just the right time, dear Lord, that you would send the man that they need to lead them and to watch over them, dear Lord. I pray that you give everybody a good week, a good Thanksgiving, God. I pray that you give them safe travel. I pray that you help them to have good family time, and I pray that you bring them back here safe next week. God, I pray that as we leave this building, that if we do not know anything else, in the midst of all our difficulties, as hard as it may be to trust you, dear Lord, that we do not forget that you are a God of love and that you love us. I ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.